Welcome back to the St Edward's School podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about life at the school. In this episode, we talk to Domenico Gericitano about languages at school. We'll be finding out why it's important to learn different languages and cultures, some of the ways to learn a foreign language more easily, and we even learn a few Spanish phrases ourselves that we can take away with us. That's all coming up in this episode, so come with me now as we step into the world of languages at St Edward's with Domenico Gericitano. Domenico, thank you for being here and thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. It has been a good start to this Wednesday. Nice day in October. I had uh, three lessons of Spanish and I'm here with you now. And then during lunchtime I've got a Spanish clinic where students come and see me if they've got any problems with Spanish or if they need to stretch their knowledge. And then... After that, another couple of lessons in the afternoon. Right. Well, that makes perfect sense that you're speaking Spanish. And <laughs> you're probably, uh, it's probably fair to say that your accent gives you away a little bit as to not being from the UK originally. Anyway, let's put it that way. Tell us a little bit about your own background, would you? Where did you grow up? Where were you born? Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school as well? Yes, I grew up in Italy and I was there for 20 years. Then mm-hmm. I came to the UK 30 years ago with the intention of staying for a year to learn some English. And I found myself a job in an Italian restaurant in Bradford. I did not speak a single word of English, having studied French at school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd never been working as a waiter. So my adventure started then. Mm. Uh, so I was working and studying at Bradford College. I was working in an, an Italian restaurant and my English was not improving as fast as I would um, have liked. Mm. So in the end, I stayed for three years, and then I went to study ancient history at Swansea University, where I relished studying Egyptology as the main part of my degree, and I loved reading and writing hieroglyphs. Yeah, and after that, as I couldn't find a job in that field, I did a variety of jobs, such as in marketing research and international baccalaureate organization, And after a few years, I decided to do another degree in French and Spanish and to become a teacher, which then gave me the opportunity to work in different countries, such as in Kuwait, in Spain. I moved around a bit. Wow. Gosh. So I've I've got a hundred questions that that I could unpack from all of that. And I'd love to explore all of that with you. It's a shame this isn't a one hour podcast episode. But first of all, a lot of people when they come across from somewhere like Italy might start off working in somewhere like London or Manchester. How come you went to Bradford? Because the owner of the restaurant where I worked was from my village in Italy. Mm -hmm. So I met him in summer because he was looking for waiters. And uh, I got a job in summer, and in October, I came over here. So that made Ah. uh, my life a little bit easier, because Mm -hmm. uh, I knew somebody here. Mm. Uh, Because Mm. I did not speak English at all, it helped me with the accommodation, you know, with the job, and anything which I needed at the beginning. I see. And then you mentioned about, I think you said Egyptology, and you were doing that in Swansea. Why Egyptology, and why Swansea? I love anything about ancient history, And when I went to Swansea University, we had the choice to study Egyptology in the first year. Of course, Mm -hmm. we were studying Roman history, Egyptian history, and Greek history. And then I really had a passion for um, Egyptology. And because I was good with uh, 
languages, I really found a fascinating studying hieroglyphs because the, mm. you know, the teacher used to come with, papyri with the papyrus and mm. we had to translate it into English and then study it. And you know, it was amazing. It was such a lovely feeling when you could work out what uh, ancient you know, people used to say. Mm. So mm. very mm. interesting, yeah. Why aren't you teaching ancient history now or Egyptology now? To be honest with you, I do teach a little bit of uh, ancient history. Not this year, but I've done it in the past. I do help ah. the class department when they need me. So I did a couple of years last year with year eight and year nine. Not this year because I'm too busy with Spanish. It depends. Mm -hmm. The timetables are, are very flexible. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, if I'm short of one or two lessons, I, I help in other departments. But my main subject is, uh, of course, is, is languages. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about that then. Why is it important for students here in 2021 to learn different cultures and languages? Because we all know that it is important to do, but tell me why it is important. Well, languages and culture go hand in hand, really. When you learn a language, you're also learning about the way of life in that country. For example, mm -hmm. you know, when you learn Spanish, you learn that in Spain it is normal to have a siesta in the afternoon or that mm. in Italy they use their hands, uh, their hands a lot while speaking and so on. You cannot detach culture from the language because the culture makes you understand uh, the way people live, mm. you know, their, uh, their way of lives. And also with the understanding the culture aspect when learning a language, in my opinion, makes people become more empathetic or understanding mm. and accepting uh, of other people. I mean, for mm. instance, why it's important to study the culture. If you're learning, let's say, Mandarin or Japanese, mm -hmm. you will also learn that you should always leave food on the plate in China to show the host that their meal was filling and was satisfying. Mm. But in Japan, it is considered rude to leave food on your plate. Oh, it's gosh. related uh, to one of the fundamental concepts in Egyptian culture, which is called motaini, which is a feeling of regret at having wasted something. So if you do not understand those parts of the culture, you end up maybe upsetting somebody, or somebody mm. may cook you a nice meal, and then, you know, they... Well, not upset, but, you know, they do not mm. understand that you do not, they understand that you do not understand their culture. Now, I, I mean, I can give you many, many reasons to learn a language. Uh, you know, firstly, it can, be, it can be more beneficial when you travel, being able to communicate with, with the locals and immerse yourself in the language and the culture, as I said. You know, that can make your travel experience much, much more enjoyable than just using, you know, uh, Google Translate on your phone or just uh, a couple of sentences from a dictionary. But one, I like to say this, that one main reason as well why everybody should learn a language is because as far as health is concerned, studies have shown that bilingual people develop dementia on average four years later than the monolingual people. In okay. fact, when, when you learn a language, you know, it requires distinct elements such as uh, remembering the words, learning mm -hmm. its sound system, acquiring the writing system, getting familiar with the grammar, picking mm. up the subtle ways to express oneself. So if you put all these linguistic elements together, mm -hmm. you know, the brain 
which the brain requires to activate different parts, mm -hmm. the, this mental exercise appears to be what boosts the grey matter volume in, in our brain. Okay, so in other words, you're saying it's, it's good for our health, in, in other words, then, in order to learn these different languages and will see us through more healthy later in life and possibly living for longer as well. Yeah, four years, not bad <laughs> for a little bit of effort. Not bad at all. I mean, especially given that we tend to spend so much time and effort trying to save time in our lives. But actually, just by learning yes. a language, we've just gone and saved four years or added four years of good time to our lives. Yes. And of course, once you learn one language, you can learn many more. For instance, mm. if you learn a Latin based language, let's say mm -hmm. French, you can then pick up Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, Romanian, and then it becomes very easy. So the, the effort goes on the first language. Once you've got the first language, you can pick up more language afterwards. So a lot of the time we do hear that. Are there any times where it gets confusing to, to learn, say, Spanish and Portuguese and Romanian, I think you said as well? Uh, are, are, there, yes. are there similarities which can make it confusing as well as it being easier? Yes. Sometimes it's better to learn, on, on one hand, it's better to learn two different languages, like, for instance, a Germanic language, so there is no confusion. However, because two languages which come from Latin have got the same grammar structure, for instance, in Spanish, in Italian, in French, we don't say a white car, we say a car white. Then ah. once you have learned it in one language, you can apply it in the other five or six. So I would say that it's better to get confused sometimes between words, which can be understood anyway. It's better to get confused and learn more languages than a fewer language and not to get confused. Okay, that makes perfect sense. If you learn Spanish or Italian, you can, you can learn four languages in one go. Okay, I feel inspired now to go and learn uh, <laughs> at least one of these languages. Now, let's, let's look at Spanish for a second. Are there different dialects and different accents in different parts of Spain? And yes. if so, does that affect the way that children learn Spanish? Dialects and accents are in every language. In every country, north, south, east, west, they all have got their own accents, of course. Mm -hmm. When we study a language in school, of course, we do the standard way. You know, I mean, I learned English in Bradford and I really struggled <laughs> in Yorkshire <laughs> yeah. because the accent is so different. Then I went to Wales to improve it. Mm -hmm. And then to master it, I mm -hmm. went to work in Essex. That's so right. you can see how difficult I found to get used to the different accents. Yeah. However, you do get used to it after a while. Mm -hmm. So the more you are immersed into the language, mm -hmm. the more you talk to a variety of people, the more you watch television, and when you watch television, you will see that also they have got different accents. The actors mm. have got different accents. Mm. So the more you immerse yourself with the language, the more you, you face it and you accept it and you learn it. Mm. And of course, you have got Spanish from South America and Spanish mm. from Spain, which is, let's say, the equivalent from English from UK and American English. You know, if you yeah. learn English in UK and then you go to America, you would struggle a little bit, wouldn't you? But then you get used to it. In, for instance, in Spanish from Spain, the V is pronounced V. So they would say Valencia. Mm -hmm. But in uh, South America, sorry, they would say Valencia is pronounced like a B in Spain. But in Latin America, it's pronounced like a V. They would say Valencia with a V, oh. Valencia. In, right. in, in Spanish from Spain, you say... Cinco, you've got a lisp for number five, cinco, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. whereas in uh, Spanish from South America, they say cinco. Oh, I see. Gosh, right. So it can change the way that people understand it, depending on where you are. Okay, but but I'm presuming that people would still understand what you're saying. It's just recognizing that they have different ways of saying yes. the same thing. And if you know that they, that's the way they pronounce it, you just accept it. And after a few days, you don't have to think about that anymore. Okay, this is great fun then, looking at individual words and phrases. Uh, if anyone's listening to this right now and uh, felt inspired to learn a Spanish phrase right now, then apart from hola, what could you teach me and the people who are listening to this? Uh, what, could, what could be a helpful phrase in Spanish? To be polite is always nice. So you say encantado or encantada if you're a, a woman, which means I'm pleased to meet you. Ah, encantada. Uh, en, encantado. Encantado, okay. Uh, which literally means enchanted. I'm enchanted to meet you. Ah, okay. Literally. Well, that sounds uh, which means delightful. I'm pleased to meet you. Yes. yes. So, I mean, that is, you know, one of the first things which, uh, you know, when you meet somebody, you should learn how to say. Mm. Uh, one thing which you must not say is embarazado, which is a false friend. Embarazado means to be, it's not to be embarrassed, it means to be pregnant. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> right. that's one thing where people have to be careful with false friends in languages. Because okay. you may get in trouble sometimes. Okay, got it. Anything else we could learn? Any, any short phrases we could learn in order to, to, to help us if we arrive in Spain? ¿Qué tal? Which means how are you? You know, buen, buenos, dia, buenos dias, you know, have, mm -hmm. have a good day. How about if I wanted to say it's lovely to be here in Spain? Es maravilloso estar aquí en España. Me gusta mucho uh, estar aquí en España. So, me gusta, I like, mucho, mm -hmm. a lot. Estar aquí, to be here in España, or in Málaga, in Granada, wherever you are. Oh, now, you see, I love this, because yeah. we're not just learning here what the words are to say, we're learning what the breakdown is as well, and why that sentence is made up like that. This is fantastic. Yes, and that's, that's why it's important also, you know, when we talked about culture, mm -hmm. I mean, for instance, when foreigners um, learn the English language, they also, of course, learn the English culture, mm. to learn how to give words the right meaning. Outside the cultural context, it would be difficult for foreigners to understand the meaning behind phrases like it's raining cats and dogs. Mm -hmm. If I translate yeah. that in Spanish or in Italian French, it wouldn't make any sense. Mm. Right? But then, as I say, studying the culture, then you absorb it and you say, oh, in Spanish we say llueve a cantaros, which means it's raining jugs of water. Oh, gosh. Wow. So they wouldn't say it's raining. Literally, it's raining cats and dogs. Mm -hmm. hmm. as you do you know in english yes so saying the same thing but with the correct kind of words yes so which are the spanish countries which could be unlocked and opened up to us once we learn how to speak spanish which countries could we go to where we can happily confidently speak spanish yeah the, your choice so wide just mm -hmm. once you go to south america apart mm -hmm. from brazil where they speak portuguese mm -hmm. you can take your pick i mean i i would go to cuba because, you know, learning a language, you know, also enriches people's general knowledge as well. You go to Cuba and then by learning Spanish, uh, you understand the lyrics of, of salsa songs, if you like mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Then salsa, you know, of course, comes from Cuba, in which a very important event of modern history took place after the Cuban Revolution, you know, with Fidel Castro and Che Guevara. I'm referring uh, to the Cold War and the Cuban missiles and so mm -hmm. on. So 
it's not just the language, it's also the culture which you can embrace once you go there. You know, you can go to Argentina, or as they say, Argentina. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to Peru, Chile. It's, it's your choice, Colombia. It's all beautiful. It's all beautiful. Mm-hmm. And once you know the language, you can stay there two or three months and enjoy it. And if you stay there for two or three months having recently learned it, then, of course, that's going to cement and embed in, in you, isn't it? Correct. All that learning that Correct. you've already received. Yes, and that's the beauty of learning either... I mean, I shouldn't be saying this as a native speaker of Italian. It's better to learn Spanish or French because you can visit more countries than you would if you knew Italian. Mm. Because with Italian, apart from Ethiopia, <laughs> where they speak a bit of Italian, you, know, you wouldn't travel far away. Whereas with mm. Spanish, you, know, you really open a big horizon. And think of the music when you switch the, music, the, the radio on. Salsa mm-hmm. is all over the place. Mm. You know, you go to town and there are so many salsa clubs and, you know, and then you eat paella and then you talk about tapas and then a lot of people go on holiday in Spain. Mm-hmm. It, it really opens a lot of doors. So really learning Spanish is our passport to the world. This is fantastic. Domenico, if you could go anywhere in the world where they don't speak Spanish, somewhere that you've never been before, where would you like to go? Brazil. Brazil. I, okay. I would like to visit Brazil. Yeah. I, mm. I think the lifestyle is very similar to the Medi- Mediterranean lifestyle. Mm. And because mm. I can understand a bit of Portuguese, mm-hmm. that's because of, with my help of Italian, French, and Spanish, I think I would enjoy it more because I could, you know, communicate it, you know, I could communicate with the locals, if, even if I'm not fluent in, uh, in Portuguese. Mm. But mm. I would understand a lot of what they say and I could, I could make myself understood. Mm. Was your question referring to a country where I do not have any knowledge of the language? Well, actually, it's a very open question, but, but let's, let's have a part B then to this question. Where would you go if you had no knowledge of the language at all, as you suggest? Egypt, of course. Egypt. That sounds perfectly plausible yes. and understandable yes. and logical as well. Domenico, we need to bring this episode to a close now. But if anybody's heard anything and they wanted to get in touch with you to find out anything about learning Spanish, uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you? They can just send an email to the school, mm-hmm. you know, head of Spanish or language department, and uh, we'll be in touch ASAP. Excellent. Well, look, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for giving up your time. You I know you. it's your lunch break, thank and you. I know I need to leave you to get back to your next lesson. So thank you for your time, and thank you for being here. Okay, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Have a lovely day. So that was Domenico Gerichitano talking to us about languages at St. Edward's. Thank you, Domenico, for joining us on this episode of The School Podcast. It was great talking to you and great to learn from you too. If you have any questions about languages, then do get in touch with the school. He will be happy to help you. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you get future notifications. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.